Hallelujah. Brother Waldrop, we're glad you're here. We appreciate you being flexible. We appreciate you following the leading of the Holy Ghost. And I want you to do exactly that again today. Preach to me. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Rick, and praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. I think it would be good of us to lift our hands again in the house of the Lord. Lift up our voices. Be thankful unto the Lord. Bless His name. Would you open up your heart to His presence as wants to flood and fill this place today? We glorify the mighty name of Jesus. From your heart, would you glorify His name? Oh, hallelujah, with all that's within you. We magnify the name of Jesus. We worship the mighty name of the Lord. We glorify the name of the Lord. Praise God. Oh, our Holy Ghost wants to work in this house today. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your goodness, God. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your goodness, God. <laughs> oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for your help today, God. Oh, thank you for your help today, Jesus. In the mighty name of the Lord. Amen. I do appreciate this opportunity. My wife and I do not take this lightly. We really don't. There's nothing better than being in the will of God. And uh, with rare, rare exception, words like this come out of my mouth in prayer that there's nothing more important than doing the will of God and pleasing Him. That's the main thing is pleasing God and doing His will. Amen. Not my will, Jesus said, but thine be done. Amen. And we are comfortable in the will of God. Amen. Genesis, the 49th chapter. do have a few verses of Scripture to read here today. I don't want to belabor this, but I feel that it's important for me to read these verses of Scripture and uh, use that as a foundation for my burden today. Amen. I want you to understand that God wants you to leave better than when you came. don't know how familiar you are with uh, some Old Testament traditions, but it was, uh, it was the rule of coming to the tabernacle that, and to the temple that however you came, uh, it was mandatory that you left a different way. If you came in the east gate, you had to leave by the west gate. If you came in from the south, you had to leave from the north. You, you were mandated. You were required. It was necessary. You're not going to leave the same way that you came. Amen. You're going to leave heading a different direction. You're going to leave seeing things differently. Amen. That is still the way it is today. Amen. I know there's only one set of front doors to this church, but... We understand it's not about physical direction anymore, but it really is about your spiritual direction. Amen. Genesis 49, verse 22, this is the words of Jacob as he speaks over his son Joseph. Joseph is a fruitful bough, even a fruitful bough by a well whose branches run over the wall. The archers have sorely grieved him, shot at him, and hated him. 
but his bow abode in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From thence is the shepherd the stone of Israel. Even by the God of thy father who shall help thee. Aren't you glad for God's help? By the Almighty who shall bless thee with the blessings of heaven above. Blessings of the deep that lieth under. Blessings of the breast and of the womb. Blessings of thy father have prevailed above the blessings of my progenitors unto the utmost bound of the everlasting hills. They shall be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him that was separate from his brethren. Amen. Some pretty weighty words here. What Jacob was declaring over Joseph's life was there's a lot of good things coming. Amen. There's a lot of blessings coming on Joseph. Amen. Go with me now to the New Testament. Amen. 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. Paul writes to the church of Corinth uh, about an experience that he had being caught up into the third heaven, seeing great things, hearing things. And uh, he says in verse 7, lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing, for this thorn, I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And he said, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses that sounds weird to our flesh today taking pleasure in infirmity nobody in your right mind enjoys being sick I don't enjoy seeing anybody sick going to the hospital I, I just I don't rub my hands together oh man I can't wait to see all these infirmities that's a, that's a bold statement here, but you understand what I'm saying? Taking pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses. For Christ's sake, that's the, that's the clincher. If I'm suffering for Jesus, it's different. For when I am weak, Apostle Paul said, then am I strong because his strength is perfected in weakness. Amen. My grace, Jesus said, is sufficient. Amen. Going back now to our Old Testament reading and uh, Jacob's words over Joseph. And he said, he is a fruitful bough, even a fruitful bough by a well whose Branches run over the wall. Amen. His branches run over the wall. With God's help today, just for a few moments, I want to preach grace 
to get over. Amen. Grace to get over. Amen. Let's love the Lord together. I feel something special in this room right now. In the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Everyone said in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Lord bless you. Praise the Lord. Paul would write to the church at Rome. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Amen. It's not too much to ask for God to require us to live differently than those that are all around us in our generation. You understand that we're not different just to be different. But there's a reason why we're different. We're different because we're doing our best to live lives that are pleasing to the Lord. Amen. And those that aren't trying to please God are doing things differently than those that are trying to live for God. We're not different just to be different if everybody in the world was trying to do what was right, there wouldn't be that many differences. Man, you can go back, uh, amen, uh, you know, the, the, the longer that time goes on, obviously the further we have to go back, but, but there's a place in uh, uh, as far as the history of humanity is concerned, all that, not all that long ago that there wasn't that much difference uh, in the physical appearance of apostolic people and Everybody else in the world, just because of clothing styles and the desire to be modest. Amen. You can look at pictures of, of, uh, of, of people that just a century ago, I know 100 years is a long time ago, but in relation to the thousands of years of human history, 100 years is not all that long ago. And You can look at people uh, 100 years ago or so and they're dressed modestly. Amen. They're, they, uh, it, 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 it's very obvious and evident that, they're, uh, that uh, they, they want to, to do things right. And uh, there, there's a, there was a shame about uh, nakedness and immodesty. You, you could look at a, a picture of just anybody and then look at a picture of, of, of someone trying to live for God and there wouldn't be that much of a distinction. There, wasn't, there wouldn't be that many differences. But you know as time marches on, the differences get greater and greater. 
not because those that are trying to live for God are so much different uh, than it was back then, but what is expected of the world and what the world might call normal people, they're different now. There's a big difference. There's a stark difference in contrast now than what it was then. And so those trying to live for God haven't really changed that much. But the world has changed. And God says, I'm beseeching you uh, by the mercies of God to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, uh, which is your reasonable service. Uh, I want to please the Lord. That's my motivation today. That's the driving force of my life. I want to please the Lord. Amen. That helps me make my decisions. Amen. I want to please the Lord. Not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. Let's make up our minds today. Amen. I'm not just going to do what I'm doing just because, but there's a reason for my lifestyle. There's a reason for my church attendance. There's a reason for my spiritual focus. Amen. Not, again, not to be different for different sake. But, 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 but pleasing, if that means I'm different, then so be it. What matters most is not how different I am, uh, but how pleasing I am uh, to the Lord. Yeah, man, if pleasing God uh, means I'm different from my family, then I'll just have to be different from my family. If pleasing God means I'm different than my coworkers, uh, they'll just have to get used to it because nothing is more important than pleasing the Lord. Amen. Jesus said, if a man gained the whole world and lose his soul, uh, what has it profited him? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Being saved and pleasing God. You know, there's a lot of things that this world puts importance on and puts emphasis on. Amen. You, you, you don't have to, to pay even really close attention to understand that Material things uh, are so important to so many people in this day and hour. Cars that you drive and houses that you live in and clothes that you wear and appearances. Amen, amen. There's, there's people that, that buy things they can't afford to impress people they don't even know. Amen, they're motivated by impression, motivated by acceptance of their peers. Things that they wouldn't normally do, they do to be accepted. Amen. And they'll conform themselves. They'll allow themselves to be molded by the pressures of their peers and the expectations of their family in order to be accepted. People that will do things that they don't want to do, say things they don't really want to say, act in ways they really don't want to act. They're, they're out of character. It's not what they really want to do. But, but, 
but they want to be accepted. They, they want to feel love. They, they want to fit in, and so they're conformed. They allow these things to mold them and, and shape them into the image of uh, the expectations of their generation. God declares in his word, uh, don't be conformed. Amen. Don't let pressures of life uh, force you into a mold uh, that you don't belong. You weren't, you weren't created to fit into that mold. Come on, the Bible declares we're created in his image. In the likeness of God uh, created me male uh, and female. I'm to be like him, not like the world. Well, I'm, helping, I'm trying to help somebody here right now. I feel your help in this house. I want to ask you, are you willing to let your guard down, uh, to be vulnerable in the presence of the Lord, uh, to admit to yourself, uh, I really don't have it all together like I want everybody to think I do. But I, I'm in desperate need of help today. I really need help. Let's lift our hands and ask God to help us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your help today. I glorify the mighty name of Jesus. I glorify the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. I feel God's grace here right now. Amen. Amen. I, I don't know what your perspective of grace might be. Uh, a very common uh, religious definition of grace is simply God's uh, unmerited favor, and that is uh, a degree of the, of, of the meaning of grace, but but that's, that's not really all there is to grace. The religious system of, of humanity takes that definition and, and, and puts this application on it. Uh, it meant it's God being good to you uh, regardless of what you deserve. And yes, that's true, but that's not God's permission for you to live any way you want to. It meant man's religion says it doesn't matter how you live. It doesn't matter how you act. Doesn't matter what church you go to, doesn't matter what faith you are. Amen. What they're saying is there's a lot in this book that don't matter. Because there's a lot in this book that says, Thou shalt and thou shalt not. But because of their perspective of grace, what they're saying is God's grace overrides his word. But what His grace really does, uh, His grace gives you the power that you need uh, to live according to His Word. There's a lot in this book uh, that if it's just up to me, myself, and I, it's a hopeless case. I can't do that. I don't have the power to do that. I don't have the strength to do that. I don't have the ability to do that. I don't have the knowledge to do that. And you know what? God says, I know that. But if you'll let me help you, if you'll let me enable you by my divine power. That's why Peter declared in his New Testament writings, God has given to us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. God says, I'll never ask you to do something I won't help you do. 
That's really what grace is. Grace is not God looking the other way. Grace is not God ignoring your sin. Grace is not God excusing your human behavior. No grace is God saying, if you're tired of it, I'll help you. But you've got to do it my way. I'll not go against your will. I'll not impose my preferences upon your life. If that's how you want to do it, amen, you'll reap what you sow. If you sow to the flesh, not because I'm mean, not because I'm fierce, not because I'm unjust, but because I'm fair. Because I'm just, you're going to reap what you sow. But if you sow to the Spirit, Shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. God will not save anybody against their will. But whosoever will, let him come and drink the water of life. Oh, I feel at home today in the presence of the Lord. You know much about the life of this man we read about today in the Old Testament, Joseph. You know that he did not live an ordinary life, but he... Uh, Life was not fair from our perspective to Joseph. He suffered things that he did not deserve. Now understand, we none of us want fair. Amen. You don't want fair. Yeah. But, but you know what I'm saying. That, like, that, that doesn't make sense that uh, an upstanding, uh, sincere, godly young man God could allow these things to happen. If I could just say it that way. He didn't deserve to be thrown into the pit by his brothers. We understand sibling rivalry. We understand family jealousies. We, you know, we're, we're, we're part of the human race. We understand human feelings. Amen. I, I, there, there's a lot about many family dynamics. That I, I'm rather unaccustomed to being an only child. I was mom and dad's favorite. They didn't have a choice. <laughs> Amen. There are some perks to being an only child. No competition. Amen. That, that made me even more attracted to my wife. She's like, I'm going to be their favorite daughter-in-law. No competition. Uh, but Joseph was not an only child. But it was very obvious he was daddy's favorite. And uh, again, I don't have time to get into all the family dynamics and whether or not, I don't have time to go there. Uh, there should have been a lot, there should have been many coats made. Uh, but you know what, different, different era of time. Different society, different culture. Amen. They, they weren't living in the Western Hemisphere in 2022. There's a lot of things about what they did and why they did that, that it's hard for us in our Western minds to comprehend our present-day Western minds. But be that as it may, they were jealous of Joseph. And many of them had intentions of ending his life, but... But through the process of time, he was stripped of his coat and cast into the prison, threw, sold into slavery, ended up 
up being lied on by his master's wife because he wouldn't succumb to her sensual overture. Again, doing what was right and being cast into prison because of doing what was right. And, and there were others from the king's palace that were, were, were cast into prison, and they dreamed dreams, and he interpreted their dreams, and then he was forgotten about, and just on, and just thing after thing, and problem after problem, and trial after trial. And Jacob uh, uh, just begins to talk about it rather poetically. Uh, and he says, the archers have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him. There's things that have come against uh, Joseph. But Joseph, uh, you're a bow, you're bow a boat in strength. The arms of your hands were made strong uh, by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. Ha. Amen. Joseph, uh, God stepped in and helped you. Joseph, there were some bad things that happened to you that you didn't deserve. Amen. But Daddy Jacob started his poetic discourse by saying, Joseph, you're a fruitful bough. Even a fruitful bough by a well. Whose branches run over the wall. Joseph, you've suffered a lot of persecution. There's a lot of things that have been built up around you. There's things in life that have tried to hem you in and to get you to turn inward. But you just kept reaching. You just kept growing. No matter what came against you, can I say it? Even a fruitful bough whose branches run over. Joseph, you just kept getting over it. Amen. When you got shot at, you just kept getting over it. When you got boxed in, you just kept getting over it. Amen. When you got stripped of your coat, you just kept getting over it. When you kept getting lied on, you just kept getting over it. Your brothers lied on you. You kept getting over it. Potiphar's wife lied on you. You kept getting over it. Amen. The butler forgot about you. You kept getting over it. You kept suffering for doing right. But you kept getting over it. I'm telling you what I feel in the Holy Ghost. Oftentimes this is what makes the difference between spiritual success and failure because it's going to rain on the just and the unjust. Jesus told his disciples, his hand-picked dozen, in this life you shall have tribulation. Man, there's going to be some bad things that happen. But what makes a difference is not if it's good or bad. But when the bad times come, I'm not going to let the bad things that I suffer define my life. The Holy Ghost is trying to help every one of us in this room on this Sunday morning. Good things happen to everybody. Bad things happen to everybody. But do you see here, he starts off by saying, Joseph, you got over it. You got over the wall of opposition. You got over the wall of seclusion and separation. You got over, amen, the attacks from your brethren. You got over 
the lies. You got over the deception. But he said, Joseph, it's not because of your personality. It's not because of your IQ level. But your abode, abode in strength. Because your hands were strengthened by the hands of the Almighty God. Joseph, you got over it, but you didn't get over it by yourself. Joseph, it wasn't, it wasn't the social program that got you over it. Joseph, it wasn't classes you went to that got you over it. Joseph, it was because God's hand got on your life. And God helped you get over what could have took you under. Amen. It was the will of the wall to keep you confined to all your problems. Amen. But you tapped in, amen, to a well. You tapped in to a source of life, amen, that goes beyond what human eyes can see. You tapped into something that was beyond the surface. My God, hear more than just my words. I can't do justice to what I'm feeling right now. I'm doing my best to express it. But you're going to have to feel what I'm saying today, not just hear what I'm saying. You tapped into something to more than what meets the eye. You tapped into something beyond the surface level. You got hooked up with more than religion. More than external relationships, more than human friendships. But you got planted by a well. Amen. You had a taproot somewhere that tapped into a source of life beyond the surface. So much of this generation, it's all about the surface. It's all about appearances. It's all about uh, opinions. It's all about uh, uh, impressions. It's all about uh, what people think and what people say. It's in all parts of society. It's in all parties of politics. Amen. It's all about popular and public uh, opinion. And so this surface relationship didn't work, so I'll try another surface relationship. And this uh, apparent help didn't work, so I'll try this uh, other apparent help. This obvious it didn't work, so I'll try something else. I'm telling you, there's something beyond the obvious and something beyond the apparent and something beyond the surface. Joseph, you've been planted by a well. You've got a source that's beyond the surface. You look at this. The archers, the enemies, and the wall. Joseph, you just keep growing.
There's things that get erected to, to block out the sun. But you just grow beyond the shadow. To where the sun shines again. But Joseph, it's not because of your goodness. Joseph, it's not because of just your effort. But Joseph, it's because God's good to you. Can I preach it? Amen, Paul. Amen, you're a good man. And there's some obvious bad things that are happened. There's some things that God's allowing to happen. God allowed the pit, Joseph. God allowed the prison, Joseph. God allowed the jealousy. God allowed the separation. God allowed the slavery. God allowed the forgetfulness. God allowed all these things to happen. Don't get mad at God. God's got a reason. God's... Come on, don't be conformed to this world. Don't become a victim. Don't become a victim. Don't become a victim. Amen. Don't become a victim of jealousy. Get over it. Don't become a victim of the pit. Get over it. Don't become a victim of hypocrisy. Get over it. Don't become a victim of a false doctrine attitude that says, how could a good God let bad things happen to good people? Don't become a victim of that deception. Paul, don't get offended at God. Don't, Job, don't charge God foolishly. Job, maintain and retain thine integrity. Up your hands right now. Would you please reach out for God? Come on, let's obey the Holy Ghost together. Come on, you recognize the voice of God today. Receive it. Stop trying to figure out what I'm trying to say. And just hear you the word of the Lord. God's not sneaking up behind you tonight, today. He's not talking to you in riddles. He says, I know who you are. I know where you are. I know what you're going through. I know what you're feeling. My Bible declares that we have not a high priest which cannot be touched by the feeling of our infirmities. He was tempted in all points like as we are. He's been where you are. He's felt what you're feeling. And conformed means you become a victim of society, a victim of peer pressure, a victim of unfortunate circumstances. Let me tell you something. You can suffer wrong and not become a victim. Whether or not you're a victim is your decision. Nobody can make you a victim but you.
you don't know what they said. Well, they've said a lot of things uh, to somebody else besides you. You know, you know better than to think that you're the only one that's ever had to suffer what you're suffering right now. You know that others have suffered what you're suffering and worse. And we turn in pages of Scripture and we read about them. We read about people that never experienced all the things that they felt were promised to them, but they died in faith. They never gave up on the promise. That God didn't lie to them. God, God's, not a, God's not a man that he should lie. He never says something he won't do. Never. He's never made a promise he hadn't kept. Never. Never. There are a lot of promises of God that are conditional. There's some things that God can only do when he's allowed to do. And so we're standing back twiddling our thumbs waiting on God to show and be God. When he said, I can't be God until you give me a chance. And what made the difference with Joseph and what made the difference with Paul was that these were just two men out of many. I could, I could read about a multitude of more of men and women in the Bible that they let him be God. They gave God a chance to do something about their problem. said, hey man, I can die in this pit, but I don't have to. I can die in bitterness, but I don't have to. Hey man, I can allow, hey man, these unfortunate circumstances to define my life. I can, that can happen if I'll let it. But if I'll let God, if I'll stay tapped in, he meant to the well. If I'll keep letting the source of life If I'll keep letting the source of life flow into me, there's no pit that can define me. There's no slavery that can define me. There's no palace or, 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 or prison, rather, that can define me. I find it very interesting. I hasten to a close this morning. The Bible tells us that while in the season of his life, of living in Egypt before the rest of his family joined him because of the famine and all the things that God was allowing to come together to provide sanctuary for his people for the next hundreds of years. That to Joseph were born two sons. Now, if you study your Bible, you find out that names meant something. Now, Every name has a meaning, but back then it was it was more of a statement that was being made. It was a statement that was being made. Eve was making a statement when she named her firstborn son Esau. I've gotten a man from the Lord. Because the promise from God said your seed's going to bruise the head of the serpent. And as far as Eve was concerned, it might as well be this one. Names had read about the family dynamic with, with Jacob and his, the 
two sisters that he married. Different time, different, I understand all that. But they were still sisters. And they were still competing for his affection. And Rachel couldn't have children, but Leah could. And Leah wasn't the, the favorite, but she was. She could have babies. And so she, she was making statements. She said, and she said, this is what the Lord's done. And she called his name this. She said, now will my husband love me? And she named him this. Now I will praise the Lord. She named him this. She was making statements by the names that she placed upon her son. All the drama of Joseph's life and all the problems and all the drama and all the situations and all of the details of the, of the pit and the slavery and the prison and the forgiveness, deception, all these things. And my, I don't know how it happened that day, but in my mind's eye, I can just, I can see them bringing this newborn son to Joseph and he reaches out his hands and he takes that boy in his arms and he's going to put a name on his firstborn. I want you to know Joseph has options. He's got a lot of material to work with. There's all kind of statements Joseph can make. He could have, he could have put a name on that boy that meant... If I ever get a chance, I'm going to get even. He could have put a name on that boy that meant, I'll never forget what my family did to me. Because you know good and well, that's the theme of people's lives all around us. Revenge. Unforgetfulness. Unforgiveness. Bitterness. Anguish. And it becomes the theme of their life because they've allowed themselves to become a victim. could have named that boy all these things should have never happened to me I didn't deserve any of this but when he put a name on his boy he said his name is Manasseh because God has caused me to forget all my toil and all my father's house what are you saying, Joseph? This is what I'm saying. Look around me. I'm not in a pit. I'm in a palace. Amen. Look what's draped over my shoulders. It's royal apparel. It's not prison guard. Look at my feet. They're not sunk in the muck and the mire of a dungeon somewhere. But I've got shoes on my feet. I've got clothes on my back. I've got a crown on my head. I've got authority on my hand. What are you saying? I'm saying God's been too good to me to let the bad things define my future. 
He says, I've got a lot of bad in my past, but God's too good in my present. He meant for the past to define my future. Grace, grace to get over it. Lift your hands right now. Let's love the Lord together. Thank you for your presence that I feel right now. Jesus, I worship your name. Why don't you stand and let's exalt his name together right now. Oh, let's worship the mighty name of Jesus. I praise the mighty name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Paul, I know. Amen. When it happened, you may not have understood it. I know the understanding come later. I know you didn't understand why you were feeling what you were feeling. What you're, I know, Paul. I know you kept going to God about it because you didn't understand it. If you'd have understood it, you wouldn't have asked God to deliver you from it. Hey man, I know the understanding came after the grace revelation. But Paul, you understand why it happened. You understand the purpose. Why? Because of grace. And now it's not about my feeling. It's about the purpose. It's about the kingdom. It's not about how I feel. It's about how effective I am. I'll take glory in infirmity, in distress, in persecution, in famine. Amen. Not, not because I'm a weirdo. Not because I've lost my mind. But if I suffer for Jesus, I know good's going to come out of it. I know his grace. His grace is sufficient. Somebody lift up your hands and thank God for grace right now. Not, not permission to sin. Not God winking at ungodly lifestyles. Come on, you're looking at a mountain of sin. Paul said it this way where sin abounded. Grace did much more abound. That's not God excusing it. That's God wanting to help you get over it. He'll help you get over that mountain. He'll help you get through, amen, the problem. Not because of your strength, but his. His strength is made perfect, amen, in weakness. I don't really know how strong God is until I realize how weak I am. And I can't, and then all of a sudden I am. And I know it's not me that's doing it, but it's God helping me. And I'm preaching right now, God has come to help somebody. Maybe I took too long to say it, but God is here to help somebody. That's what it's all about today. He's got grace to get over it. Grace to get over the persecution. Grace to get over the hypocrisy. Grace to get over the forsakenness. Grace to get over the misunderstanding. Grace to get over the deception. Grace to get over everything that's come against you. Somebody knows how to pray. Would you pray right now? This is the most important part of this service. It's what we do with God's Word.
God has anointed me. God has anointed me. God has anointed me to preach it. He'll anoint you uh, to receive it. Uh, he'll anoint you uh, to respond to it. Uh, he anointed me because I let him. He didn't force his anointing on me. But I owed myself up to it. I was reaching for it. God, uh, I got to have it. God, if I don't have your help, uh, amen, this is going to be a miserable failure. God, it's not by might nor by power, but by your spirit. Come on, let's take some time and entertain the presence of the Lord.